0: I'm Matt, and I'm Jenna, we are Manna, and this is Food for Thought, a podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's podcast, we have our first interview, and that is with Aaron Ramachandran, founder of Mental Health Strong. say that I think it's inappropriate for people to make dad jokes who are not dads. In fact, I think it's a faux pas. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 80. Um I'm super excited for this episode because we are doing our first ever interview and we figured out how to do that via Zoom and that the audio wouldn't be super terrible. So that is awesome. Um, so I'm excited to share that with you. But first, I want to share with you my peak, pit, and plug for this week. So my peak is there's been a lot of uh, awesome things brewing and connections being made. And so um, I was on another podcast, the This Connected podcast, with the host Darnell, who's an awesome guy, um, doing podcasting in the Catholic world over in San Bernardino Diocese. And, um, and then, uh, uh, shout out to Grace, um, who, uh, teaches piano in Orange County and she, um, is the brand ambassador for mental health strong. And so, um, she made this connection for us to be able to have this interview today and is a lover of the podcast and just super awesome to, um, to know that and for her to have made that connection and just all the great things you're saying about the podcast. Really appreciate it, Grace and the people you're sharing it with. So thank you. Shout out to you. You are awesome. Um and another peak um I got to talked to Jenna I, I talked to her often but um we talked about the podcast and um you know I think the podcast is going to be going in some new directions some exciting directions Jenna unfortunately however will will no longer be um a regular part of the podcast I mean you know she's been um you know raising her kids and doing the things that the Lord has been calling her to do but um this is still the Manna podcast for now and that is Matt and Jenna but we've kind of talked and have discerned that um, <clears throat> I think the Lord is calling this uh, podcast to move in a different direction. And so she's very fine with that, very um, excited, um, wants me to run with you know this uh, new idea. So just be praying. Um, be praying. I'm very, very excited for um, what the Lord is going to do. So a lot of cool things happening and brewing and um, love to hear your ideas uh, if you have some you know, things that we could do to revamp a little bit, but I've got lots already, so stay tuned. Um, So that's my many peaks. Um, Pit is, um, you know, uh, last week was a rough week, a lot of anxiety, I had a CAT scan, um, and uh, just a lot of stuff going on. However, CAT scan came back all clear, so praise the Lord for that. Um, However, that means that all of the weird things that I'm experiencing are because of anxiety, and they're not going away, so I need to figure out a way to manage that better. So pray for me, Um, which is probably why today's podcast is a really apropos uh, topic. And that is my plug is I want you to go check out mental health strong. Now this is an organization you'll hear all about in a moment on this interview. Uh, But it's an organization based in Orange County, primarily for married couples who um, someone is struggling with mental illness. But if you're not married or you're not in a relationship, I really want to encourage you to listen to this because I think it's important also in our conversation just to um, kind of normalize talking about mental illness as illness and that you would seek treatment for, you know, diabetes or anything else that you had. And, And that's something that we really need to be aware of, especially in this time of pandemic, of... Uh, safe distancing and isolation that mental health um, concerns and issues are definitely on the rise and uh, it's something that's affecting all of our relationships and so even if uh, some of these things that are talked about could be applied to um, primarily to marriage they can probably apply to a lot of your other relationships friendships family as well and so I want to encourage you to listen with those um, ears to try and see how this meets your own needs your own context uh, but without further ado this is my interview with Aaron Ramachandran. Well, hello, friends. I am here this afternoon with Erin Ramachandran. She is uh, one of the founders of Mental Health Strong, an organization uh, based here in Orange County uh, that has to do with mental health and marriages. And so we have her on the podcast today to talk a little bit about the resources they provide, a little bit of her and her husband's story, and very excited to have you on. Erin, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Glad to be here, Matt.
0: Yes. Um, So tell me a little bit about your background and your husband's background and how you two met.
1: Yeah. So we actually met through church. I had gone on a missions trip to India. And when I got back from the trip, Keith knew friends of mine who introduced us. And so we were friends and he started to pursue me to be more than friends. And it wasn't until probably about a year later um, when I was spending time praying and asking God who he wanted me to be with that the Lord just really laid on my heart for me to be with Keith. Um, It was an interesting thing because I didn't actually like him in the way that let's say our culture would say to like somebody and but I felt that the Lord was really asking me to be with him. And so uh, we were at a retreat together and we were driving home from it, and my friend Susan was driving my car, and my husband was, at that time, he was just friend. Keith was sitting in the other seat of the car, and then I was in the back seat, and we were driving home from uh, Idyllwild, California, which mm. uh, for those of you who live in the mountain areas probably know. So we were driving home from there and in front of my friend, Susan, who's about 15 years older than us, I said, Hey, Susan, what do you think about, uh, Keith and I being together? And she's like, I think it would be great. And again, this is a very logical conversation, no feelings involved. Uh, (laughs) Keith's in front of me. Right. And so Keith Mm -hmm. listening to this says, I, I've been praying for you for nine months and I believe God wants us to be together as well. And so, um, I've been praying for you to be my wife, and I was letting you go because my heart was breaking because you weren't reciprocating the feelings. And I said, well, I don't really have the feelings, but I feel like we're supposed to be together, so I'm willing to give this a shot. And uh, a miracle occurred in the car that day. Uh, I'd asked Keith for a... um, He had water in front of us. Again, we're driving home from a mountain trip, so he's in the front of the car. And Mm -hmm. so I asked him to uh, provide the water and so he opened up this arrowhead cap and handed it back to me in the back seat and our hands touch, and I actually had a rush of emotions where I'm like oh this guy's kind of cute I kind of like him <laughs> um and so that was our journey we so we felt called to be together we ended up um, dating nine months we were engaged another nine months and then got married and uh you know what we hoped was that if you're Obedient to God. This is what we believed that we would have No problems in marriage. That was the story I told myself Mm -hmm. and The reality is is that um, When we got married, he ended up uh, Not being different than what we had been like when we were dating
0: Mm.
1: and All the changes uh, Through job change through moving to a new area through the stresses of newly being married to some problems with some of his parents uh, he ended up um, that trauma ended up uh, causing where he was different and instead of spending time with me cleaning or hanging out with me as a newlywed he ended up where he was cleaning and when it got to the worst part in our marriage it was 12 to 16 hours a day so you can imagine someone being in their first year of marriage just devastated that this person that they that was praying for them to be their spouse that you feel connected to be together and then to have where something was really wrong and not knowing what it is i didn't know what it was and keith didn't know what it was Mm. so it was just this like what is this in our marriage
0: yeah so so keith started to manifest some you know anxiety disorders obsessive compulsive disorder things like that So talk a little bit about that. What how did those challenges, how did you face those? And how did that eventually lead to this passion that you have for serving couples who are dealing with similar circumstances?
1: Yeah. So what ended up happening is about a year into our marriage, we were actually a month away from our first year anniversary. And I said to him, I was like, I don't know what this is, because at that time I knew nothing about mental illness, nor did he and he said, or I said to him, you have a month to go to the doctors. I don't know what it looks like, but we need to find out what this is because this isn't normal. And he ended up going to the doctors and within two minutes he got diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Hmm. So from then, then we were on this journey of like, what is this and how to get help and you know, through a series of different jobs and seasons, we moved multiple times. Um, and where we got to where we are today. Um, and we've now been married about 13 years is through this journey, as he was trying to figure out about the mental illness, I was doing my own journey of healing and learning mm-hmm. how to manage my life. Uh, so I struggled with Anger and codependency and anxiety myself or panics from just trying to overfunction. I either tried to overfunction in the marriage for mm. where he was struggling and couldn't do things, or I would be in denial uh, about it. And so I kind of swung between those two things, and it came to a point where I f- I'm a very organized person, and my brain literally stopped working. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to go on medical leave for a couple weeks and just really that God used that trial in my life of a burnout. The doctor actually said I had a midlife crisis at the age of 27. Th- that wow. moment was where I had to learn how to get healthy and if you know I looked at getting out of the marriage um, in all honesty and I went back to my wedding vows and it said in sickness and in health. and. When I looked at that, it was like, if I had cancer, would Keith leave me? I was like, no. I was Mm. like, if he had cancer, would I leave him? No. Okay, so let's talk about mental illness. Even though the stigma around people don't really accept sometimes that it is an actual brain disorder. Mm -hmm. But when I went to it, it's like, no, I'm not going to leave him because he has a brain disorder. But we're going to figure out how to do this. And that's where this um what i believe our purpose is and our calling has come from this so we have a passion now for bringing hope and resources and support to marriages with mental health and addiction challenges um if you actually google like christian or catholic marriages with mental illness or addictions there's really not a lot of resources out there and the reason why is statistically there's a worldwide study where If you look at what is the statistics of the likelihood you'll stay together if there's a mental health or addiction challenge, uh, you're 20 to 80% likely to get a divorce and 80% if it's severe or chronic.
0: Hmm. So
1: in our case, we're the 80%. And I know there's many others out there, especially if mental illness is, you have a 20% uh, chance of being diagnosed every year, 20% of the population will have one. Uh, Mm -hmm. just like people have physical illness, right? So it's nothing to be, it's just, just like our bodies decay, our minds, (laughs) you know, our minds and emotions do. So that's really what got us on this journey. It was really out of, uh, our own pain and working through that and getting help for us and then realizing there wasn't a lot of resources for this area and to really lean in and help uh, when I went to marriage resources, they were about you meeting each other's needs. But what if your spouse is not well and can't meet their, your needs? What do you do? Yeah. Or when I went to the mental illness uh, or mental health condition areas for resources, a lot of times they were talking about children and s- parents. And the reason why I think it's because of that divorce statistic. So there's probably um, not a lot of resources out there. So we want to fill that void. And we're thankful to partner with great organizations like you and um, be able to help get the word out so that people can learn about this and not feel alone in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so last year you also, you wrote a book, correct? I did. Um, called mm-hmm. Mental Health Strong, which is also the name of the organization. Correct. Um, talk a little bit about that. What, how did this, cause you've, this organization has been is much older than the book, correct? It actually uh, isn't.
1: So the book came out in 2019. Okay. And, uh, so it's been a little over a year and a half and, uh, it won two book awards, uh, this past you know, in the last six months. And then the organization, the nonprofit started, uh, in January. And that's kind of a cool God story. Um, I was praying, um, and just asking God, okay, you had me write this book. It's winning awards. Like, what do you want to do with this? And, Mm -hmm. um, when I was praying, I, I'm not musical at all. And God gave me like a song and Hmm. really odd. So I wrote it down and I decided to sing it. And so the next day I went to my Bible study and I shared it with them. And um, Susan, that woman who was in the car when we first met, so Mm -hmm. we've known her a long time, she took her phone and was singing with it. She's like, this is incredible. And then another person in our Bible study started to cry. And they said, We want to be a part of we want to be on your board of your nonprofit. I was like, I don't have a nonprofit and I don't have a board. (laughs) And the next day one of the board members called and said, Well, now that I'm a board member, I'm setting up an appointment with the attorney to set up the nonprofit. And your appointment's on Thursday. So then on Thursday I'm going there and then they um the friends who took me there, they said, And we want you to know that we're donating the attorney fees. So now you have your first Donation. So within five days, I had a song that the Lord had given me, four board members, been to the attorney, and our first donation. And uh, wow. that was this year. And so we're just about to get the nonprofit status. We're in like the last stage. But yeah, oh, it's wow. all new. And we just started a virtual support group three months ago. And it's once a month on Tuesdays. And we have like over 50, 45 people now a part of it. So I think there's just a need out there that people felt so alone. They couldn't talk to their families because they didn't want them to look down on their spouse and they Mm -hmm. couldn't talk to their friends because there's probably more extremes in these type of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so how do you just um, get the support to be able to say, no, I'm committed to my marriage. I'm committed to God. I believe... That he's called us to this relationship. And so, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. Wow. That's incredible that it's so new and, and, and so, such a <laughs> godsend at this time, you know, like you didn't know in January or probably even when you were finalizing the transcript for your book. And I mean, the book <laughs> preceded that in January. So, like, that this situation of right. being in a pandemic would be happening. And so, I'm curious, how do you see, that really kind of god laying that down to kind of meet the needs that are growing more um growing greater during this time and also is there anything that has added on top of what you had already learned like is there anything like oh if i wrote the book this year i would have added this you know um so yeah talk a little bit about that how has this served this time and anything that this time has also you know uh, illuminated further
1: yeah absolutely so the pandemic started in march right and yeah. I remember being frustrated at first. Um, At that time, my husband was not doing well with the stress of COVID and different things. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. other people whose loved ones have mental health conditions, there's a chance they could have been tanking too. And I remember running and I was like, Lord, like, what do you want me to do with this? And it was almost like this, I was expressing frustration of no one's talking about their spouses or their loved ones. Everybody's talking about just everybody struggling. Mm -hmm. And I just felt convicted that it was, you're the one with the book I've given. You're the one, you know, that has these credentials. Like it's your time to start speaking. So I ended up um, creating like one to two minute YouTube videos on 40 different topics. And so I put that out there. And then um, this, I originally thought we were going to be doing conferences, but when everything shut down, you know, everything's changed to digital. So that's where we started the support group. Uh, we started that in July and that's been, you know, a huge hit. Uh, so I think right now we're going to start with the support groups, continue to have them expand. We've been um, starting podcasts and different things. And then I, I went back to school. So I went back Mm. to get a psychology degree so that, you know, I have the life experience, but if someone wants clinical where I could be a therapist to them, I want to be able to provide that. Mm -hmm. And then I think you also said, what would I do if I knew what I did now? Like, would I change the book? Um, I use the book every day. It is a Mm -hmm. reference guide for me. And you know, if I'm struggling with something, I go to that chapter in the book. So Mm. I, the only thing I would probably change is put more about that's mental health and addiction challenges. A lot of people don't know addictions are a mental health condition. Yeah. But, uh, that would probably be the only main big change I would make. I do have, if I write another book and I probably will, I'll probably do it on, um, So the first book is basically, if you want to be committed to your marriage, how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. And the second book would be, how do you become content in that marriage? How do Mm. you really grow in the marriage um, in this type of scenario? So
0: Yeah, yeah. I know for, you know, for me, I was sharing with you before we started recording, and a lot of the listeners know this, that, you know, I had a traumatic event happen in high school where my best friend died and after that i manifested a lot of um obsessive compulsive tendencies when it came to germophobia and people who know me really well probably have picked up on some of these things that i still carry you know um and i you know i went to therapy for it and things and and a lot of it you know i had kind of honestly forgotten that it had happened and then COVID happened and then it all came rushing back (sighs) and You know, anxiety and obsessive compulsive tendencies, and really just you know things that I'd never struggled with or things that I hadn't struggled with to that degree became just a regular part of life. And I think that's been true, or that can be true for a lot of people, regardless of if they're married, dating, or in a relationship right now. So I know we have a lot of listeners who aren't married, um, or who maybe aren't married yet, but in a relationship, or who are single. Yeah. What advice would you give for them as they're just trying to manage day to day and also maybe trying to date or, you know, be in relationships during this time and discern marriage or just trying to like get through the day. Um, what are some tips and practices you have that maybe you could, um, point them toward?
1: Absolutely. And I, I think all of us have to be making sure that we're focusing on our mental health. Um, so my advice would be grow as an individual, be the best you and, we all have paths, we all have hurts, we all have expectations that have not come true. And so I think as someone who's, you know, preparing for a relationship, it's more that because we can only be the best in relationships when we try to be the best that we can be. Again, I'm not talking about perfection. Perfection Mm -hmm. is the enemy. But I think if you have a mental health condition or addiction, like be honest about it and work through it and you might have it the rest of your life just like if someone has diabetes that doesn't mean they shouldn't be in a relationship but Mm -hmm. managing their diabetes is probably really helpful so my encouragement would be if you have a condition or addiction like identify it start to work on it do the things you do if you're not somebody um, with that you still have other hurts habits and hang-ups that you need to probably work through uh, and for me I struggled with anger and codependency and I had to work on those things um, unfortunately I didn't have them worked out before marriage so they caused a lot of trials in our marriage but you know whenever you identify something because we're always learning and growing I would say to work on it
0: That's, yeah, that's so important. And I think the element here, you know, being able to talk about this in the context of faith as well, this element of control, you know, because a lot of, you know, at least in my experience, a lot of obsessive compulsive tendencies come from this, you know, um, deep seated woundedness that in some way I felt out of control of something. And so this is what I can control. I can clean. I can make sure everything is good and organized or... If we're manifesting anxiety, it's because I feel so out of control yes. um, of the things that are going on. And yeah. we interplay that with faith and recognizing like control's an illusion. God is the one ultimately in control. You, got it. Um, you know, that that I think is, is something um, that has been I've I've had a lot of growth in my own life and my own marriage in us really having conversations about. Um, What is it that we can can control and that there needs to be kind of a stepping back of you talked about this before and kind of the stigma, the the negative effects of the stigma of the perfect marriage or relationship, like what society tells you dating and marriage should be all about Um, really kind of um, dismantling that because it, it gives you this mentality that like I can control and cater every situation or i can you know the phrase you said meet my spouse's needs and it's like well am i always meant to be making up for or catering an environment for them to be completely okay what happens when they're not okay or i'm not okay how do we handle that and i think you know interplaying with faith there's this whole element of god is in control that i think is so important and you know i don't know how um i saw on on your website um the agenda for some of your support meetings includes prayer. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about how how does faith uh, play into, you know, the things that your organization provides and does and and how you kind of hear a lot of that stuff about control. Anything else you want to say about that?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, for Keith and I, our relationship with God is the reason we are still together. Um, I think if we weren't believers, we would not be. Um, So Mm -hmm. prayer is a big part, I think, in everything we do in regards to control. Yes, I think obsessive compulsive disorder underlying is a control um, disease or illness, right? So when you feel out of control, you try to control the environment. And yet it's also where your brain is malfunctioning too, right? So there is a, a chemical science part of it as well. So it's not just oh, someone just fix it. If you feel out of control, now you can fix the OCD. It's not really that simple. Uh, To go with your question about the support group, how do we incorporate faith? Uh, So in the book, there's eight steps, which are the eight things that have helped me in walking alongside my spouse, or you can use it for a loved one. It might be a friend that you're walking alongside or maybe a sibling. Like these steps Mm -hmm. can be applied to any relationship Uh, for a loved one and each of those have a bible verse each of those have a worship song that spoke to me in that time Mm. and I also incorporate in the book a truth and a lie so what's the lie in that step and what's the truth associated with that step so really, faith is an underlying um, component of the entire book. Uh, we actually initially, when we brought out the book, we wanted it to be where anybody could use it, mm-hmm. so it didn't necessarily have to be someone who was had a faith, um, and we even have it in the beginning like a prologue that talks about that, mm-hmm. um, that even if you didn't have a faith, you could uh, still apply the things in the book. But when we took it through the publisher they said faith is so much a part of your life and your story you have to put it as a part of the title um, because it could mislead people because some people are very injured by faith and so that was helpful so we do the steps um, are are generic enough where they help you through but there is the underlying faith as well
0: that's awesome well I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you want to share about what your organization does or anything that um, you'd like to kind of conclude with?
1: Well, I'd like to say, first of all, I think the work that you're doing, Matt, is just incredible with helping young adults who are um, wanting to grow in the Catholic faith. And I love how you talk about not only the relationship with God and relationship with Jesus, but also even when you were talking about with your daughter, with saints, um, I was thinking about what, how the saints are people who lived really amazing, inspirational lives and Mm -hmm. how they teach us things. And so I love that. Um, and I think to leave the audience, I would just say like, if you have a mental health condition, just know recovery is possible Let's hope. Get the help, get the team, reach out for help. Uh, we could not have done this without our support team. And mm-hmm. I think if you're going into marriage uh, or you are married, just trials are part of life that the the Bible talks about that you will have trials. Uh, yeah. And so don't believe the lie. If you do the right things, you will therefore not have trials, which is what I Um, had faulty beliefs on coming into the marriage and just know that yes you will have trials but with God and with your church and with your community and with doctors you can get through it and um, that we don't have to be scared of mental health or addiction challenges that people are beautiful um, with all of our makeup and so that there is hope and if you know somebody or you're in a relationship where there is a mental health condition and you need support um that you know we're here to help that community and we look forward to you know helping others that you know with you know mental health or addiction challenges
0: beautiful that reminded me of the verse from john you know in the i uh, in the in life or in the world you will um you will have trouble but but have peace because I have conquered the world That's or something exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. It was part of the daily readings, um, in, in the Catholic church a couple of days ago. So, um, it just reminded me of that, but yeah. really appreciate you and your time. Um, the organization is called mental health strong. You can find them at mentalhealthstrong.com. The book you can find on Amazon is Mental Health Strong, A Christian's Guide to Walking Resiliently Alongside Your Spouse with a Mental Health Condition, and it just came out uh, this past year. And so, um, yeah, blessed to be with you. Um, my guest today was Erin Ramachandran. She's a mental health professional, author, and speaker with master's degrees in healthcare administration, certified mental health first aid instructor and award-winning author and she's worked over 13 years at one of the largest nonprofit healthcare plans in the US and currently a mental health and wellness program director there. So so great to have you with us uh and sharing a little bit of you and your husband Keith's story. And I hope that this serves a lot of people and you get um, maybe a few more members of your support group. (laughs) I know I'm excited to read your book and share it with my wife and maybe you'll see us there in the the coming months. So yeah, thank you so much for your time.
1: All right, thank you so much.
0: So there you have it. There was my interview with Aaron. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a saint um, that I'm surprised we haven't done before. We've done a couple episodes on anxiety. And to tell you the truth, I thought we had done this saint for our very first episode, but it turns out that is not true. Uh, I looked back and we have not done the saint, so I want to encourage you to check out and ask for the intercession, if you're struggling especially uh, with anything related to mental health or illness, for the intercession of Saint Dymphna. Uh, Saint Dymphna is the patron saint of mental illness and mental health, um, and she has a, a very interesting story. So she was born um, in Ireland. Uh, it wasn't yet the country Ireland, um, but she was born in Ireland to a petty king, a lesser king of a region, um, and to a Catholic mother uh, in the seventh century. Um, and uh, she, so she was wealthy, and when she was 14 years old, she consecrated herself to Jesus and took um, a vow or promise of chastity. And right after that, her mother died. And so her father, whose name was Damon, he loved uh, her mother very much, um, and after she died, he started his mental health started to um, deteriorate. And so he was being pressured by some of his counselors to remarry. And so he agreed, but he said that he would only remarry if he found someone as beautiful as his wife, his deceased wife. And so he searched and searched and searched. It's kind of like a weird, twisted fairy tale Um But uh, after searching fruitlessly, he started to want his daughter to marry him because of how she resembled her mother. Uh, And so his daughter, Dimfna, she learned of his intentions and she was like, no, uh, weird. And also she wanted to uphold her vows to chastity. I also think this was probably at a time where that type of thing was not as unusual. Um, I mean, still... You know, obviously condemned in scripture. Obviously, uh, very you know inappropriate and unusual um, for like that close of familial relations. But like stuff like marrying your cousin and things like that, probably not as uncommon during this time. So, um, not that it makes it okay. Still super creepy and weird. But just thought I would add that caveat. Anyway, she um, learns that her dad wants to do this, so she flees, um, and she leaves with her uh, confessor who, um, his name is Father Jeroburnus, um, and two other servants, and I think that priest is actually a saint, yes, Saint Geroburnus. Um and so, um, and the king's fool, the jester, um, so that's just, you know, no fun, no servants, no priest, no daughter, no wife, um, so he is obviously not doing too well, so they ended up sailing toward mainland Europe and uh, landed in present-day Belgium, And um, St. Dymphna is believed uh, traditionally to have then started just serving the poor and the sick there and just trying to make a life there. Um, And um, so it it was believed that through using her wealth, um, she um, would eventually be discovered um, by her father. And he because he was trying to find her um, her whereabouts, but she used that to help other people. Um, and so he sent people to, um, find her and they did. And, uh, he traveled there <clears throat> to get her and ordered his soldiers to kill the priest to St. Jeroburnus and tried to force his daughter to return with Ireland, um, to Ireland with him, but she resisted. So, um, her dad was there. He drew his short, his sword struck off her head. There's a famous painting of this by Jacques Delange called the martyrdom of St. Dymphna and St. Jeroburnus. Um, and, but he cut off her head and it was said to, uh, she was said to have been 15 when this happened. Um, and so when they were, uh, killed, uh, both Dymphna and Jeroburnus, they were buried in a nearby cave in modern day Belgium. And some of her remains are at a shrine in Ohio. Um, which is a shrine to Saint Dymphna and so um, that has become a pilgrimage site um, and her relics have been you know um, revered and moved around and things like that Um, but she's the patron saint of mental illness because and a lot of other things like therapists, incest victims, loss of parents because of the very uh, tumultuous life that she led um, being someone who was uh, the victim of someone else's mental illness who was not getting the help that they needed, obviously. And that was something they never probably would have understood properly at that time because it's something that's just come into our mainstream conversation in the past you know, few decades. And so um, she is the patron saint of mental illness. Her feast day is May 15th and um, encourage you to ask for her intercession if you ever feel that you uh, yourself or you know someone that you know uh, needs just some encouragement, prayer, and guidance in the area of mental health and recovery and addiction and support in that area. So I want to point you to, once again, that organization, mentalhealthstrong.org. They have a support group. They are a new organization. There's also a book um, that you can get that was mentioned in the interview. So use those things or other resources that you find to stay um, connected, to stay mentally healthy during this time, because it's difficult. I'm speaking from experience. It is It's been a rough, rough go, um, for a lot of us lately. And so if you need encouragement, prayer, let us know. We're always, uh, ready and willing to pray for you. And, uh, I should start saying, let me know. That's going to be weird. I'm used to using the Royal mythical we referring to Jenna and I, but, um, she won't be coming back. So yeah, that is just something to, uh, to move ahead from. And, um, sadly we'll not be having her on anymore, but, uh, I'm sure she'll be back um for little highs and things on the the through the 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 platform that this podcast is gonna become. So anyways, all of that being said, thank you so much for your support of this podcast. Please continue to support us. Um, you know, when this podcast changes or new platform new branding, um it will be the same um feed, and so you won't have to resubscribe. You won't have to go find us. you know, the branding and things will just kind of change. And so, um please continue to just pray for us. If you want to support that new podcast venture and continue to allow uh this to serve you and other people, you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Uh go to our current website, manafoodforthought.com, and you can do that by clicking on the Patreon tab. And if you are a Patreon sponsor and you've decided that you wanted to sponsor mana, but not this new thing that is happening, and you need to change your sponsorship or remove it. Totally understand that, and it is, you know, tight financial times, I'm sure, for a lot of us. And so, never be afraid to do that and reach out. So, but those of you who are patrons and have been tried and true patrons, you will be getting goodies. I know I've been talking about logos and branding, but um, now that this is going in this new direction, some of that stuff will have, um, you know, um, the ability to actually happen. And so, uh, I'm excited for that. So, anyway. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Hope this podcast was a benefit to you. And if it was, pay us the highest compliment that you could and share it with others, especially on social media. Tag us on Instagram, at Man of Food for Thought. Know that we are praying for you. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.